This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at Valley Ranch. The Dallas Cowboys select Zach Martin. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, it's day three of the 2018 NFL Combine. We welcome you to the Indianapolis me, the Indiana Convention Center here in Indianapolis, Indiana. As always, you've got the draft show with uh, myself, Brian Broaddus, Dane Brugler, David Hellman. Boys, actually saw some guys uh, on field work today. That's right, running backs, offensive line. Uh, what did we say yesterday? It was going to be the Saquon Barkley show. We did say that. It certainly was. Yeah. 233 pounds, what he was able to do. Uh I hope Cowboy fans are okay with having another special back in the division because yeah. the oh. Giants at number two, it's going to be tough for them to pass up. Want to bet? Uh, no, it's too early for that. But okay. you think of Dave Gettleman. Uh, he drafted a running back top ten last year in Christian McCaffrey when he was the GM in Carolina. Uh, he wishes Barkley was there when he picked at Carolina. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> not, no, no, he probably doesn't because he's no longer in Carolina. Now well, he has no, a chance I mean, yeah, to get yeah, him. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying the same type of that kind of back. Sure. Yeah, for and sure. Now that he's in New York – Look, they want to hold on to Eli Manning. They've got, obviously, the wide receivers with Beckham and Shepard. And they have a tight end, big-time tight end, Evan Ingram. Missing pieces of running back. You know, we could talk about the offensive line and how that's in shambles. Right. But you add a running back to that mix. It's going to help Eli Manning. It's going to help the rest of the offense. It's going to be tough for the Giants to pass on Barkley at number two. Dave, you came away impressed with him as well? How could you not? I mean, my God. He, yeah, 233, and he ran a, what, a 4-4-1? Yeah. And the 41-inch vert? So yeah. he, he's putting up DB numbers at 30 pounds, 40 pounds heavier than the average DB. Yeah, uh, he, it's, it's rare that you get a player whose tape is so good that all of a sudden then you come and do the workout, and then the workout is just as good as the tape. Yeah. Dane's been telling you for two weeks that that's, this is what was going to happen. No, I, I, no I, and I trust Dane, and I listen to Dane, and, and I, I – I just know my experience, though. How many times have we – and I want to get into this today. And this is – but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to talk about Barkley a little bit. But, but since we'll, we'll change that about how the tape looks, how much do you trust your tape now when some guys don't have the types of workouts today? That's the theme of I mean, a lot of these yeah, questions Yeah, and that's what Twitter. I'm saying, though. When, you know, as a scout, you're sitting there watching these players work out. If Barkley's workout and tape – is all tremendous. I'm sure the, the 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 interviews with him are wonderful and everything. You know, you find out about the kid. But what happens when the when the workout doesn't match the tape? Where is your commitment level on these guys? Are you going to let it influence you, or as we always like to say, hey, this is one part of the puzzle. Well, and are you going to trust the tape more than what you saw in that field today? You and there's several players that fall into that sure, category today. Every, every year. Uh, but you do need to let it influence you to a certain degree. You know, you can't just say, oh, I like this player, and his numbers match up, so, you know, the numbers matter. And then yeah. this other player, well, the numbers didn't match up for the tape, so the numbers don't matter for this player. It, it's uh, The combine is a cross-checking exercise. If right. the numbers do not match up with what you expected, you go back to the tape and you figure out why. If a wide receiver who you expected to run fast based on what you saw on film does it in the 40-yard dash, which the wide receivers will run tomorrow on Saturday, then you go back to the tape and say, okay, what did we miss here? And now a case of this is Colton Miller. I was going to go. Can I, can I just do Colton Miller numbers? UCLA for left tackle. Yeah. Colton Miller, if you, if you haven't guessed by now, and I'll, I'll include myself in it, I am not a Colton Miller fan. No, the, the tape is fourth the, round. The, the tape is fourth round tape, and there's some people, though, that have him – and I want to say Mike Mayock is one who has him in the top five of his offensive linemen. I don't see that personally watching his tape. Not, no, not I tape. really, really don't. Colton Miller, UCLA, is 6'8", 6085. He is Jeez. 309 pounds, 34 arm, 10 and 3 quarters hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, today, he, today his official time was a 495. Okay, 24 times with the weights, 31 and a half on the vertical, 10-1 on the broad. That's an offensive line record at the combine. 10-1 on the broad, and 7-3-4 in the three cone. It's outstanding for the so for you're so now lineman. now Calling okay. Calling my guy a workout warrior. Okay, now if you get a guy, if you get a guy, and this reminds me, a guy Mike Mamula. 
Yeah. Mike Mamula, I'm old. I'm old. Everyone Mike knows Mamula, Mike Mamula. Everybody knows the combine yeah. story of the Mike Mamula. The original workout warrior. Exactly. Exactly. The, you know, in the Boston College, seventh overall pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I'm just telling you right now, though, you see Colton Miller's numbers that way. And now are you going back and you're trying to fool yourself? Oh, wait a minute. I do see a little burst. Oh, I do see a little athletic ability. Oh, I do see a little strength. Mm-hmm. Or, or are you just saying, you know what, he is what he is, well, and I'm going with that. And I don't think he's a bad athlete on film. It's more consistency. It's more uh, – there were several occasions in pass pro where he just – he looked like he had no idea what he was doing. I totally agree. And even – it doesn't matter if you have the, the shuffle quickness, the lateral movement skills to protect the edge or protect inside moves – if you don't understand what's coming, if you don't have those instincts, if you don't have the recognition skills, if you don't know how to use your hands, if you don't have the core strength, it's not going to matter. NFL rushers are going to eat you up. I agree and with go you, go through you or around you. 100%. So we need to – but it is it is worth going back to the tape to figure it out and trying to – you know, we, we don't want to be stubborn and say, no, on tape it was a fourth rounder. I don't care about the numbers. No, we revisit the tape and see if we if it changes our mind at all. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, I mean it. it it's 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 like the ultimate catch twenty two. You know, you don't want to be the guy that falls for the workout warrior. But you look at that, and yeah, I mean it, it's obviously it's super appealing when you when you see a guy that can do that type of stuff. But I mean, call it cliche if you want to. I I lean more toward tape always. Oh, well, well, absolutely. So I'm I'm not saying I know for sure what to make of the guy, but I. I do my absolute best not to fall in love with anything that happens here. And this is where scouts earn their money because you uh, watch. No question. When you watch the tape, okay, what is he being coached to do? What is there something that we can do that our coaching staff can do that's going to fix this? Uh, it's it makes it tough because all these guys are coached different ways. Uh, at UCLA, they were asked to do different things than they're asked to do across town at USC. It's just, and you have to figure that out as a scout. And with Colton Miller, it's going to be something that. Every team is going to try to investigate and figure it out. With some prospects, it's pretty easy. You understand what you're getting. Saquon Barkley, we mentioned. You know what you're getting with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Will Hernandez had a great day, and that matches the tape. I think you under you know what you're getting with Will Hernandez. With Colton Miller, a little bit more of a question mark. You have to figure that out. Let me ask you this. Did Will Hernandez today, and we know what happened with with Wynn, because he with the, the shoulder, Cedar Bowl, yeah. And he, he played through it, the, the labrum problem. Right. He's got it fixed. He, he didn't work out here. Did Will Hernandez help himself enough to inch closer to, say, with, with win and, how, and what, how you would consider Will Hernandez? Did you feel like that there was a big gap between the two? Or did Will Hernandez help him enough athletically to make you feel like, now, wait a minute, I, here's a big powerful, strong guy that runs well. Now, he's got everything. He's got all the, the little uh, intangibles that you want. I mean, again, I, I could I could read you the numbers here, too. You know, he's 6, 6023. He's 327, down from 340 at the com, at the uh, Senior Bowl. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, 32 arms, 9 and 7 eighths hands. Okay, here we go. Here's your official time. He's running that thing at 515. It's a great time. 37 times at the bench, 24-inch vertical jump, 8-8 eight, eight with the broad, 7-5-9 with the three-cone. Yeah, okay, that. but, but is, did athletically, did he do anything to kind of close the gap a little bit with uh, because Wynn unable to work out today? Not in my mind. I mean, I, I think those were all numbers that you expected. Um, did you I, expect the 5-1-5 from Will Hernandez running? Um. I, I would say more of a five-two guy. So one, yeah, five, I, was th- uh, I was thinking five-two-five, yeah. five-two-seven. So a five-one-five is a great number for him. There's yeah. no question. But again, how many times you watch an offensive lineman run forty yards? Yeah, well, it's one you seven know. six on the ten. Right, and that's a great time for it. I think that's yeah. that tied for I think the best ten yard uh, yeah, yeah. with Corbett, I believe. Well, actually, Miller. Yeah, Miller had uh, Miller had a, a, a one six seven. Okay, and then who else? We O'Neal. Was a one seven zero. The former tight end had yeah. a good day working yeah. out. Uh, but see, there's another one I was going to bring I up. I go back to the Senior Bowl. Okay, Isaiah Wynn and Will Hernandez were both there. Right. Isaiah Wynn was the best guard there at the Senior Bowl. Oh yeah. When they, yeah. they were wearing pads, yeah. they were wearing a helmet, they were doing football. Yeah. Actual yeah. football. Exactly. So 
as much as I love Will Hernandez, he's a first-round pick. I tweeted this earlier. I think he confirmed he's a top-30 player in this draft. But I'm not going to put him above Isaiah Wynn or say that, you know, I, I think what he is what we expected. He confirmed that. And I feel if my team drafts Will Hernandez in the first round, my team just got a good player. Yeah. How did, are, are you under the impression that there's a sizable gap there? I almost and I feel like though, and and I'm, I'm, and the commitment level I'm getting, I'm trying to get here is that everybody feels like that Win would be a good pick at 19. I think and, and, and then Hernandez and then Hernandez and Hernandez is a trade back option. Yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of getting that vibe from. I th- as a group, I think the vibe I get. See, and that's I get the reason I asked you the question is, I think of both guys as like different answers to the same question like they're all i mean maybe one's better than the other but it's not a big enough difference that i think of them differently they're both you know what I mean? that second tier exactly quentin nelson top tier sure these two next tier. i think of both of them as guys like eh, probably reaching a little bit at 19 yeah but first round guy Wipeout options so in that sense i'm thinking what what's your favorite stupid cliche ice cream ice cream it's ice cream <laughs> it's like okay you think hernandez is better than win I think wins better than Hernandez, but at the sa- you're getting basically the same thing with either one. Are you getting Absolutely. the same player, Dane? Maybe not the same player, yeah. but the same thing. You know right. what I mean? Like I said, I think they're both on that second tier of guards. You know, uh, both are deserving of first round consideration, I, and I think they're both wipeout options. Where there are other directions I'd like to go, yeah. but if I'm only left with the guards and if yeah, and I'm, the reason why I'm bringing all this up today is because we did see these guys work out. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure. just saying. No, I'm sure. not just trying to hammer the Cowboys up to take a guard. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you because of the guys that worked out today, why that we're having this discussion right here. You know? Yeah, Which, no, that, that's a big part of it. Uh, and you know, I think we're going to see it throughout the week with quarterbacks and wide receivers tomorrow. Yeah, defensive line uh, and linebackers uh, the next day, and then finishing with the secondary players. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's kind of unfair to I think to Isaiah Wynn since he's not he hasn't been able to oh, work no, out. That's why I was asking though. Did you, did you sometimes out of sight, out of mind? At least, and, and you're right about the Senior Bowl stuff. You are right about that. But I'm yeah. just saying for the athletic testing part of it, mm-hmm. you know that you know, you're you're right about the pads and the helmet and all. That. I get that. But the athletic testing did it did did Hernandez? Again, I just keep kind of in my mind feeling like though that we felt like that Hernandez was more of a. 26, 27, 28 kind of guy Brugler, as opposed to a 19 guy. Brugler will tell you he never wanted either one of them at 19. I don't. That's been no. a consistent no. theme. And, and again, we're talking about that now as you know the wipeout option and all that stuff. Could you like, envision a scenario where Will Hernandez is the 19th best player in this draft? No, I couldn't. Okay. Well, then there, there we go. I, I, what about Isaiah Wynn? I think you could. You, you you could you could get me to say that yes right okay yes. so there is a little bit of a separation but and, and Will Hernandez had a great day but that's what I'm saying I, I'm trying to, to I'm trying through. to see yeah I'm trying to say yeah. did Will Hernandez do enough in 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 on the field for scouts to elevate himself instead of being no, a, it, a thirty guy to being a, a considering a 20, 21, 22 kind and, of and guy and those and the fans asking what's the difference I, I think it's consistency with Isaiah Wynn, he is consistent you're getting the same player each rep. Uh, he's very balanced at the point of contact. And then you have uh, Will Hernandez, who is a lot of times, he's very aggressive, but a lot of times he'll get off balance. Uh, right. He just doesn't have the same level of consistency. I think Will Hernandez is going to be a longtime pro in this league, a very good player, a top 30 player in this draft. I just prefer win because of that consistency. Let me ask you this. I mean, you said yourself we've beaten guard into the ground. We have. Did, and I know we just talked about. But we're talking about names. I, I we just talked about Colton Miller. Right. Did any of these tackles drastically change your opinion about them for good or for bad? I mean, obviously, we could talk about Orlando Brown. I'll tell you one thing. Terrell Crosby from Oregon, I was expecting to have a better day. Yep. Yeah. I was really expecting him to have a better day. I, I, was, I even wrote it in my pregame notes. I thought he was a, you know, a light-footed guy. I didn't see a light-footed guy out there working out. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy when it came to the change of directions and things like that. I, I didn't see that. I saw a much better player on tape than I did working out out there. Again, it, it, the tape's really important to me, but you look at his time. The official time on him was 5-2-3, 17 times with the bench, 30 with the vertical, 8-9 with the broad, 7-8-9 in the three cone. Huh? That's a high number. Huh? 
I didn't see that. I didn't see that on tape. I'll throw another one out there. Austin Corbett. Austin seven, Corbett. Eight, seven, three cone. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, again, three cone, that's going to measure your change of direction skills, your ability to quickly redirect your momentum. Uh, and that's some, those are high numbers. Uh, yeah. You want, for an offensive lineman, you want below 7.5, closer to 7.2. Yeah. And that's what we got from a few of these guys. But, uh, you know, and we have to touch on Orlando Brown real quick. Sure. A, a player who. I mentioned this yesterday. You were absolutely he, right about him. He did him. not have to come here and be the best athlete. Right. He just couldn't be the worst, and he was the worst. I mean, he hit historical lows in some of these uh, some mm. of these drills. Not only the 40-yard dash, which it is what it is for offensive linemen, but you look at the vertical. You look at the broad jump. Uh, Brian, you got those numbers for me? I think it's 19 and yeah. a half in the vertical. Yeah, I, I was going to let you finish up there. Yeah. Uh, fi- the official time on him was 585. Oof. In the 40. In the 40. Fifth worst Four, ever. 14 on the bench, 19.5 on the vertical, 19 and a half inches on the vertical, 6.10 on the broad jump, 7.87 on the three cone. Well, at least his three cone was in line with Corbett, who we just kind of talked about, thought had a decent day. I mean, he was 5.15 on the, uh, in the 40. And I think Orlando Brown's a guy that, even if you go back to the tape, like, I don't think it's – we knew he's not a great athlete. He's a heavy-footed athlete. Yes, he, is, he you is. just have to kind of trust the tape. You, you have to see, trust that's, that. See, that's what I'm saying. But that's where it gets scary because you're talking about the Big 12 where they play a little different brand of football. Sure. Um, and, you know, he has the wide hips and the huge wingspan where he can compensate for that lack of lateral quickness. But against NFL rushers, it's a big difference than what he faced in the Big 12. Will he be able to compensate in the same ways? Uh, that, it, it's going to be tough to stamp he, a grade on him and be he, confident. Okay, does he go from, say, a 2-3 on boards to being a 5-6? I, I don't I mean, think does that, that, does no. his workout drop him that much? You can't. If you if you like a player that much to put him in a 2-3, you can't drop him that much just based on a and workout. We had that conversation off the air. Both of y'all said you had second-round grades on him heading yeah. into this. Yeah. yeah. I And as bad as it was – I can't imagine dropping a guy that far. No, like maybe a I, I'm not. I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him. I, and, I'm, and I'll be stubborn about that because again, that tape means something to me. But I understand. I understand the historic low numbers. You mean you're not going to touch him on your board? Not you wouldn't draft him. No, no, yeah, no, okay. on my board. Okay. On my board. I'm going to. You know, I've got some other guys on my board that are ahead of him. Sure. You know, and I think we all do. And I look at my board. Williams I actually have O'Neal ahead of him from Pitt. Had a great day. Brian yeah, O'Neal. and then oh, and then Brown. Yeah. So, so he's he, to me he's more like a two-three. That's why mm-hmm. I brought it up. You've got Brian O'Neill ahead of him. I'm jump, yeah. I'm gonna jump the gun because we had a question about him because he had such a good day. Is that first round for you? No, no, early Is second. It, Williams, O'Neill, and Brown were all second round grades for me. Yeah, and I think at the Senior Bowl we saw why with O'Neill as athletic as he is. He's got some power issues. He's got some real power issues. So that's the the functional power is something that will need to be addressed as he goes to the next level. Again, Nate Soldar, the guys, you know, David David Bakhtiari. They're guys that I've historically dinged because of lack of strength. And all of a sudden what happens? They play 10 years in this league. It's not. And and I'm not trying to compare. I'm not trying to compare O'Neal, but it's happened to me before. And we both agree he's a second-round player. Yeah. And so it's not yeah. like we dislike him. We, we like him. Um, we just don't want to overcompensate with what he did today because we know he's a good athlete. We expected that. Again, he was a tight end when he arrived at Pitt. They moved him to offensive line, and he's made that transition. Uh, but he does need to uh, strengthen his core, his upper body, and figure out ways how he can compensate for his lack of strength with some of that athleticism. 22 times the weights. That's one more than – than uh, the guys I just mentioned. Right. You guys so. are disappointing me a lot right now. On what? What do you want? I'm just, I'm just desperately looking for people to go ahead of the Cowboys at 19, and I wanted a tackle to vault into that conversation with a great day. Hey, I, y'all are telling me it didn't happen. Colton well, Miller. Well, from yeah, Col- people could fall in love with Colton Miller. Not, I, I would not, not be surprised not at all if Colton Miller went in the top 18 picks. Make it, yes, okay. I wouldn't be shocked at all. What, what did you say your grade was? We both gave him a fourth-round grade based on the tape. We watched him together, oh, too. Yeah, fourth-round guy on the tape. Just for us. Now, for sure. yeah, it, it, now, there, might, there might have been someone else that saw Mint a chocolate second chip, round. strawberry. It, That's might, a hell of a flavor of ice cream to say fourth-round to first. And well, I get there. We're not moving him. Differences no, I'm, not, I'm not moving him. But if someone had a second-round grade coming into today on him and he did what he did on the field, I could see him. The, all these offensive linemen this year are going to get overdrafted. 
The second rounders are going to the first. Including the McClinchy. Including McClinchy. There aren't they, any. They all need every, – every team needs offensive line depth. So these guys are going to get overdrafted. Colton Miller will absolutely be overdrafted. Top 18, you promise? You can't promise, but I, I'd say there's a chance. Definitely push, a chance. Push me some prospects down the board. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. All right, well, it uh, looks like Kent, we need to take a break, though, right? Are we doing good? Are we, we can keep running here, take a little break, or – We'll, we'll take a break right now here, and when we come back, we'll hit a little. Uh, we'll get your questions. I know you guys got a lot of them out there. Sorry, we don't have the phone lines here, the capability here at the, at the combine, but we will get to your Twitter questions, and uh, we'll do that just as soon as uh, we take a little break. So stay tuned. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. We're back here at the uh, 2018 NFL Combine. Uh, Brian Broad is here with you along with Dane Brugler, David Hellman. I was just checking out the, the Periscope numbers and stuff we have. Once again, thank you, folks. I know it's a Friday afternoon, evening around the, the country, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here at the Combine and talking a little draft. I was going to try and do a way of, uh, of kind of uh, a- a- ans- uh, answering a question maybe off Periscope. Dave, I'll, if you get to Twitter on the 20, yeah. I, will, uh, I will figure out a way to kind of get one and not to mess up too bad. But if you want to go ahead and that, maybe – Get a couple questions here on Periscope if you want to fire those in as well. We'll try and do that as, as we go along. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, this is, we just talked a whole segment about this, but uh, Ralph wants a little more detail on, of all the stuff we just talked about, what combine drill is the most meaningful for an offensive lineman and who did the best at that drill, in your opinion? Um, I, you know, I, you could say a few. Uh, I pay attention to the 10-yard split. Yeah. Um, you know, no offensive lineman um, is going to run. I mean, sometimes you see offensive linemen pull, and you know, but we're not going to see them 40 yards down the field. So 40-yard right. dashes are what they are. But how's that 10-yard split? That helps positions where they come out of a stance, uh, positions where that initial get-off really matters. So for defensive linemen, offensive linemen, the 10-yard split is important to me. Also, the three-cone. We mentioned that as Yeah, uh, we sure did. Because, again, the change of direction, ability to redirect their momentum uh, on a dime. Uh, the three cone. If you're stiff, you're not getting out of the three cone alive. Yeah, just shooting down some 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 times of various. Give me a give me a, a split that you like. Uh, a ten yard split. You have a split in mind you like on well, a. What did Colton Miller have? Okay, he, well Colton Miller was was extraordinary. His yeah. was a, a one six seven. Yeah. So that was the best one. Now, if you go from a six seven, just kind of popping down here and, and, and apologize here for kind of being this way. Uh, Corbett, Corbett had a uh, Austin Corbett had a one seven six, also one seven six. Will Hernandez not the pile on Orlando Brown, but yeah, he had yeah, over two. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was at he was at rare. two. He was at two. Uh, 
young, uh, let's see who else had. Uh, we, I mentioned Colton Miller at 167. Uh, Noteboom from Joe, Joe Noteboom from TCU had a 172. That's a good number. And a 49, had a 49640, though, Very too. Good, good for him as well. And then I mentioned uh, Brian O'Neill from Pitt was a 170 on that. So, a couple 10 yard splits there. Yeah, a couple 10 yard splits to kind of get you going there. So, Dave, you okay on that? Yeah, uh, Eric got another one. Um, we, we talked about Orlando Brown a good bit right there. And we talked about Colton Miller. Any other surprises, running back or offensive lineman, where you really feel like you want to revisit their tape based on what you saw today? I don't think revisit, but I was pleasantly surprised with Nick Chubb, what he did. Um, I don't know, yeah, the 40 was average, but 38.5 on the vert. Uh, he got up there. Uh, he, he looked, I thought he helped himself. He did a nice job. And in several areas, he did better than Sonny Michel, who a lot of people believe is the better athlete, yeah. uh, his teammate. At yeah, absolutely. So. Let me let me read Nick Chubb numbers as Dane was talking. Uh, official time of a 4.52. And this is at 227 pounds. 227 pounds. That's going to be 5.10.7, 227, 32 on the arm, 9 and 5 eighths hands, 40 time official, 4.52, 29 on the bench. Great number. Nice job. Him, Saquon Barkley, him and uh, Exactly. 38 and a half on the vertical, 10.8. That's on that broad lower jump. Lower body explosion. Here's your three cone for you. 7.09. Mm, that's a good number for him. Yeah, absolutely. Hey. And a shuttle of 425. For a lot of skill positions, you'd like to see under seven. Right. But for a bigger guy like that, for Nick Chubb, uh, 709, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. That Those were those were just some of the uh, some of the numbers that we had on him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on, on him. I was uh, Hines. The you told me he was NCC. a track, yeah. Hines from uh, Naim Hines, Naheem Hines, from Naheem NCC. Hines from yeah from North Carolina State. I I didn't know that he was a track athlete. Yeah, he was a big time. Him and his twin sister are actually big time track athletes. One of the reasons he wanted to go to NC State is because they wanted him for track and football. He was the runner up in the state championships, the hundred meters and the three hundred meter hurdles uh, in North Carolina coming yeah. out of high school. So this is a guy who understands. Uh, had to come out of his stance and run a good time. So not surprising to see him get under 4-4-0. That's right. 4-3-8 was the official time on him. 35-and-a-half on the vertical, 9-11 on the broad. And now it's kind of funny because you get to the three-cone, he's 7-1-8, so the number kind of goes up. There's a track, and in 4-3-5 in the 20. So all of a sudden, the drills that Dane is looking for, for the shiftiness part. Remember when we watched him on tape? He wasn't a... Plant, start, stop, change direction. It guy. was hand the ball. He was a drift guy. Drift. You know, yeah. he was a guy that is, he's gonna when he goes around the corner. It's not going to be uh, you know that stop on a dime, change directions, and go. It was more of a drift. Dalvin Cook was the same way last year. You right. know where he right. he'll get there. It just he's more of a drifter than a start, stop, change direction, go. So that doesn't surprise me at all. They had a great time in the forty, but maybe the three cone and short shuttle don't necessarily match up. Yep, absolutely right there. Didn't get real quick, Dave. I could say yep. we've talked a lot about John Kelly before from Tennessee. Uh, he did not run a 40. He did do the bench. He got 15, 35 on the vertical, 10-foot broad, 7-1-3 in the tw- uh, three-cone, and 4-5-1 in the short shuttle. I might might have not known how to do the drill correctly there with that yeah. kind of time, but maybe some – Maybe a little bit of some questions about the lateral agility. Well, I thought I thought he did well catching the ball, though. Yeah, he uh, did. I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought he did a nice job there. One guy who I thought maybe disappointed a little bit, Mark Walton. Yeah, I expected better numbers from him. Yep, uh, Miami. You have his numbers there. I do. You the official. Yeah, the four. The official time is a four six zero. The forty. Pe- yeah. yeah, people are gonna have to go to Coral Gables and get him a little faster, and I think they will. 18 on the bench, 31 and a half on the vertical, 9-10 on the broad, and didn't have anything else in the three cone. When you watch his tape, he's got juice in those lateral That's what juice. I, I, one I mean, of the lines I said he's got some juice he, in his he, body. The, his lower body, I mean, he can make those quick cuts. That, it's almost what he does best yeah. on the film. So yeah. that was surprising to see those low numbers. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the pro day is. Right. If they're alarmingly different, yeah. maybe he, he tweaks something here, something's going on. But There's another there's another guy. The tape was better than the yeah, workout the, numbers. The numbers surprised me. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Oppos- well, opposite of that, uh, Melvin was surprised by Rashad Penny's 4-4-6. Hmm. And he wants to know 
does he look that fast on tape? And I kind of agree with him. Like, I, I wasn't expecting him to run as what well as he did. What was that tape we were watching the one time? He hit it on a run. San Diego State mm-hmm. was playing somewhere Army. backed up. I think maybe Arm. Yeah, he, he had some big, but, but he, had a, he had a couple, of ta- a couple of games where he exploded. Yeah. I mean, like it was like he took the ball, and then the next thing you know, it's 90-some yards going down the field. He led the FBS this year in rushes 15 yards or more. He had 35 of them. So, I, to me, I, I think the tape did show not a burner, but a guy that can sustain the speed deep. And we saw it in the Senior Bowl in the game. Uh, right. He had that catch for a touchdown. Right, where just over the top. I think it's Fred Warner. The Fred Warner in the flat, yeah. Wasn't going to catch him. Right, so right. So, getting under a 4-5-0 for Penny is a great time. And not a big surprise for me. I think you saw it on kickoff returns as well. Right. Uh, he has... Uh, the speed that not only the initial speed, but he can sustain it uh, down the field. Kind of some funny numbers for him if you think about it as well. Uh, he was able to, vert, vertical jump was thirty two and a half, but his broad jump was ten feet. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. doesn't correlate very right. well there, yeah. though. Maybe the explosiveness for the ver- uh, for the broad, but not so much for the vertical stuff. Got a fun question from Brett, who wants to know which prospect has impressed you the most with his swagger. In these interviews, it's a good question. I know uh, few few options you can go with here. You, I think you enjoyed uh, Lamar Jackson today. At the I did, I did enjoy Lamar. A guy Jackson. that he, I'm a fan of his. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. Confidence. Yeah. You know, he, the, he he the way he plays on the field, the way he conducts himself off the field, it's the same. You know, yeah. bright lights don't scare him. Um, I, I think Calvin really belongs in that discussion. You know, a guy that is. He even said it today when he was at the podium. He's like, I want to be the humble guy, but yeah. whoever drafts me, I'm starting. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, he, he sure he, did. He went out there and he put it out. That he, he looked like he uh, uh, is a very confident person. He had a little bit of that swagger. I think a lot of these wide receivers, it's natural for Baker him. Mayfield naturally oh had How swagger. How about Baker? <laughs> yeah, he had naturally. But Josh Allen came out and said, I'm the best quarterback in this place. Yeah. Baker Mayfield <laughs> said. <laughs> I was like, all right. Baker, Baker said, if anybody can fix the Browns, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think John Dorsey will love it, too. Yeah. And, and you know what, Dane? You talked about that pre-combine once again. Patting you on the back for this. Because you said, though, that Baker Mayfield is going to win the interviews. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to win the look me in the eye and have confidence. And you're going to believe everything he's saying. There's some guys you will try and rattle. Yeah. I don't think you can rattle Baker Mayfield in an interview. And that's why if I'm setting up these quarterback workouts, I want Baker to come in first. Yeah. And then I want everyone else to follow him. Just to see if he can, you know, because I, I know what I, I feel good about what Baker's going to do in the interview. And then I, after him, I want Rosen. I want Darnold. I want uh, Allen. I want Lamar Jackson. Just to see if they can match the energy that he brings to the room. Rank them in the way they're going to interview. If you, if you had to guess, if you had to put, you both put on your general manager's hats, you're sitting down across from the five. Best versus best, worst. Best to the worst interview. Again, and this is not trying to slam the kids. Interview. Right. Interview. Interview. You're going to sit down, and, they're, and you're, they have to convince you to draft him. Rank them one to five. Baker one, Jackson two, Darnold three, Allen four, Rosen five. I think it's it's tough because it depends on what you're looking for out of an interview. Because I think Rosen is going to come off very smart. Smart. Yeah. Like when you put him on the X's and O's, do the X's and O's on the yeah. whiteboard, he's going to tell you exactly. What, I mean, he's when you ask him a question, he's very calculated with his answer. Like he, you can tell, you know, the wheels turning, and right. he's he's going to give you a very thoughtful answer. So. Depending on what you're looking for, it, it, you know the answer could change. But I don't necessarily disagree with uh, the way Dave laid it out for you. I think that's probably pretty close to the way I'd have it. You think that you, you, I, I kind of think that that maybe that I don't know. I, I think Rosen might be better than I, I like what you're saying. Well, here's the the funny but thing I, I is, like, but I, I I agree about the smart part. Right. I kind of because I'm not a really smart guy. I would gravitate towards the the guy that's kind of just. Oh, hey, yeah. man, hey, just you know, grab him by the neck. Come with me. Yeah. Come with me. We're going to win saying. this thing. Come, give me that guy. And yeah. I would imagine, you know, how, probably not all 32 teams are going to interview those guys, right? It's probably nah, something more right. like 20. No, nah, we right? do. We interviewed but Michael Vick without a first-round pick here one time. Oh, I've, I've heard that <laughs> yeah, story. Nick I, that's a good story. Yeah, sent Nick Eaton to get him, yeah. 20 different GMs are going to have 20 different opinions because Rosen's really going to resonate yeah. with somebody, and somebody's going to think Rosen's a total SOB. Oh, you know? yeah. And same thing with Baker and anybody else. Yeah. So. I just want to remind everybody out there, if you're following along on Periscope with us, uh, fire us a question. Dave's got the Twitter on the 20 going here, but I, I want to give you guys on Periscope uh, for being with us a little, uh, a little love as well. We, I want to recognize uh, you, know, you guys out there for doing that. So One thing I did want to touch on, uh, Ronald Jones, USC. 
I know a lot of people are looking at the 40-yard dash time, seeing a 4.66. Right. Uh, you might as well just cancel that out. He, yeah. He, Ronald Jones did not run a 40-yard dash. He, he was hurt. He, he's got a hammy. Um, he's going to do everything at the Pro Day, USC Pro Day at the end of March. Hopefully he's 100% by then. But just for all intents and purposes, Ronald Jones did not work out today, and so he shouldn't be treated as such. Uh, I, I'm not worried about his 40, um, but hopefully he is 100% at the pro day where he can do a full workout. I guess, I mean, you know, compete. Brian always says that, and I admire his willingness to yeah. gut it out, but that's not something you should gut yeah. out. He came into today with a little bit of a, uh, a tender hammy. and Let your hamstring, like you're yeah. running back, you have to run, yeah. and your hamstring is pretty crucial to that. Let that thing heal up, bud. Right. Um, all right, I got two that I really like. Go uh, for it. Well, as long as we're talking about quarterbacks, let's not lose ourselves in the weeds here, but I just Daryl cracked me up because he goes, why don't you guys like Josh Allen? <laughs> He, that's that's basically the essence of it. Uh, you know, I, I like Josh I, Allen. I, I, I don't have a problem with Josh I wasn't, Allen. I, I wasn't under the impression y'all really disliked him. I, no. I, I, I have said before we that don't I like, don't really I don't like think him. either of us like him as a number one pick. No. But it, it, there's a certain point in this draft, probably somewhere in the top 50, where I would take a chance on him. Um, a, a guy who, I've said it before, he's scouting catnip. The physical traits are off the charts. But he's just very undeveloped in certain areas that it takes to play the position at a high level. And uh, when you're drafting a player in the, uh, high, especially in the first round, you better understand what you're getting. And this is a player that you want to sit for at least a year, if not two years, before you bring him up to speed where you feel comfortable throwing him out there on the field. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, I think somewhere in the top 15, someone's going to take a chance on him. Arizona at 15, maybe earlier than that. Uh, I just don't see a player that I'd be willing to gamble with in the top ten. Jerome, and this is going to be off our periscope, Jerome wants to know what you guys think about the possibility of Bo Scarborough being a Dallas Cowboy. He had a heck of a day today. I'm in. That's, that's how I feel. I'm in. I, I, I was hearing from some trusted guys that watched the workout, you know, I mean, that were in the thing, that caught the ball exceptionally well today. He did a lot of stuff exceptional today. Yeah, yeah well, what, like an 11-foot broad or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he was. He had the best broad among the running backs. Yeah, here's a guy, 6'013", 228, 33 and a half, 10 on the uh, hand. Uh, time of 4'52", 40 on the vertical jump, 10-9 on the broad, 4-3-4 on your 20 shuttle. And I'll, I'll throw this out there. What's, what's the biggest knock that you typically give an Alabama player? They're banged up. Take a look at Mr. Brugler's chart here. 267 career carries. He's never had more than 125 carries. So he's fresh as an Al- as fresh as an Alabama running back could be expected to be. The counterpoint to that is here we go. Why do you only <laughs> have 125 carries? And, you know, Harris why, did Harris have something to do with that? You think? Or, well, no, he or was he always banged up? But Boscar was also banged up a lot in yeah. college, and that's my biggest worry about him. Actually, is the durability. I don't know if he's been able to stay healthy. It, my weakness is on him. I've got let's see. There's six lines. Three of the six are all injury-related. Is that because of the way he runs? Uh, yeah, he's high cut, and so yeah. he, his legs yeah, he is are high exposed. cut. Uh, I don't see. I don't. When I look at Bo Scarborough, I don't see a running back. I see an athlete. I see a guy that you don't want to treat as a traditional running back. You want to give him the ball, absolutely, on some handoffs, but you want to use him, uh, you know, on stretch plays. You want to give him a runway where he can unwind those legs and get going. Is he similar to what David? Do you think he'd be similar to Rod Smith? Yeah. Actually, Maybe too similar. Maybe you want a different back. That's why you yeah. kind of talk about Walton and Kelly. Keep in mind and some of those though, other guys. I I made this point yesterday. Like Rod, I like Rod Smith a lot. He's yeah. only under contract for one more year. It's not like I mean, I don't know that you can just assume he's a long term part of the Cowboys' vision. My final line on Scarborough in my report: Scarborough is at his best on counters and off tackle runs where the cuts are set up for him. So he projects as a hybrid complementary back in the NFL who should also be flexed as a receiver. So I think he is more of an athlete on a team. And I, I, at some point, mid-rounds, fourth, fifth round, I think that's where his value is. A guy that shouldn't be just a traditional running back, but you view him as an athlete. Corey wants to so know, again, this is another question coming off uh, our Periscope stuff. Corey wants to know about, uh, about um, Malik Jefferson, his possibility as a third-round player for the Cowboys is that more realistic for him you know line team hunting line and speaking by the way team hunting David we and, and Dane to figure it out Cowboys are hunting receivers yeah they are and I, I don't mean to, to go away from Jefferson here but 
Speaking of hunting a position, they're talking to everybody. They're talking to a lot of receivers. Not all, not all formal fifteen minutes sit downs, right? But they're I mean, they're, they're hunting. They're hunting some receivers. DJ, DJ Moore tonight. DJ Moore, Calvin went, Ridley, Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Yeah, they're hunting some guys. So, but go, but, but talk about. Let's talk about Jefferson a little bit as a possible. I did Austin radio this morning, kind of talking about him as a little bit of a guesser, that kind of a thing he like is that. A guesser. The, the way he plays, and but, he we he will not be working out until Sunday. Uh, but he did weigh in today, six two and a quarter, yeah. two hundred thirty six pounds, thirty two inch arms, nine and five eighths hands. So good numbers for him, right? Um, he, I expect him to run really well, and personally, I would be surprised if he's still on the board at eighty one. I think the athleticism that he shows is going to get him drafted somewhere in round two. I think he might not even be an option at fifty. He could come off the board of the early portion of round two because he's a very good athlete. Yeah. But I tell you what, though, I mean, I was like, like I said, I was on radio with Austin guys this morning, and and when I brought up the word guesser, both of the guys looked at me like, mm-hmm, ah, you know. But that's but, that, that, with but, the but it's the thing about but if you're a guesser, though, you know, in this league, ball carriers get by you. Yeah. But you know, you, you, if you're guess, you got to be able to have the ability to get. Roquan Smith could guess and get back in on the play. Yeah. Not many people can do that, oh, you know. Roquan yeah. Smith must be a really good guesser because he doesn't yeah. choose the wrong gap very often. No, and, I mean, I, and he's in position. I'm just talking to make about athletic ability. Sure. So, but you're right about Jefferson, Dave. You got any more questions over there? Yeah, I, I said I got one more that I really like from Ken. Uh, because uh, hey, you talk about um, maybe not swagger, but just a really good interview. This is kind of the forgotten guy. We never talk about this guy. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. Ken wants to know about Cortland Sutton at 50. Just and just in general, I would take him at fifty. Why aren't Why aren't we talking about this guy? Because of my phobia, and I and tall. I apologize. I apologize. He's tall. No, no, no. He's a better player than I'm. I'm, and I do not ever want to take Laquan anybody. Treadwell's I don't want to take anybody down that path. Direction. No, he's a better player. He is a better player than I'm giving him credit for. He is a much better player than I'm giving him credit for. So fifty. And I've just I don't, I, I don't, the he's route not be there at 50. The, the route running though. Well, I mean, no, that's 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 the, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Is the big it, question with him is that when you watch him on tape, the offense that he ran at SMU and the offense he'll be asked to run in the NFL, there's a mile gap, a huge gap. And so he has a lot to learn. He has to, uh, But I, I think he has – he's one of the few receivers in this, in this uh, draft where you see number one traits. You see the, the possibility that he could grow into a future number one receiver in this draft. Uh, you just don't see it right now. Calvin Ridley, I think, could be a high-end, too. DJ Moore, I love. He's a second wide receiver. I love him. I think he could be a, a dynamic number two wide receiver. Cortland Sutton can be a number one. I see a guy that can be an Alshon Jeffrey. He just has a way to get there. But he did really well at the podium today. I he thought did. He, 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 was, he was, like I said, I, didn't, I wouldn't use the word swagger, but he was very uh, gregarious, yeah. outgoing, uh, gave good answers, just seemed like a really friendly dude. Yeah. Did you do the numbers on him? No, nope, go for it. Six zero three three, two eighteen, thirty two and three eighths uh, arms, nine and three quarters hands, eighteen times of the weights. What? It's uh, good for his length. Dan, you love this game. What? Mm-hmm. What would you guess he's going to run? That's the big question. Is it a four five eight or is it a four five two? Uh, that's what I want to know. Is he closer to the four five eight or closer to the four five two? That that's a four five two. Guy that big, right? He's a power forward out there. And that would be nice. Remember, this is a guy who was recruited at SMU as a safety. So, you know, he's young in wide receiver years where he's still adapting, still getting better. Uh, and teams, scouts, they need to figure out him as a wide receiver. Where is he on that timeline? Is he closer to the infancy or is he closer to, you know, where, you know, his ceiling as a wide receiver? How much better can he get? We know he's raw. That doesn't mean that a player is automatically, automatically going to get better at, at that craft. Well, I mean, Laquan Treadwell is a perfect example of that. I'll bring him up. We'll please. see uh, for Cortland Sutton, big day tomorrow on the field, what he does. Could be the difference between going early in the second round or maybe sneaking into the first. I, I'll tell you one thing. I'd have lost money today. If you if you said, Brian, put money on what wide receiver would have 22 reps on the bench. Top senior wide receiver in this draft. Not and Anthony Miller. I wouldn't have bet on Anthony Miller. No, and I, which a note on him, he – we talked about the right foot injury. He said today that yeah, you did you did some leg work on he's this. He's not going to do any running at the not going to do anything here. But he was recently cleared uh, to to be a full go. He's been just started sprinting. He's just not you know he hasn't been preparing for the combine the last month like most of these guys. So he's going to wait to the Memphis Pro Day. But great to hear he's been fully cleared. The foot's good to go. He is the top senior wide receiver in this class. I've been adamant about that through you the have process. Been 
and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, hopefully he doesn't let me down. He did it today with 22 on the bench. As, as long as we're doing those, – those are the two, really. Like when you get into the conversation about the upper echelon of wide receivers, we probably haven't been paying enough attention to Cortland Sutton and Anthony Miller. So – you know, maybe, you know, yeah, I, I do. A I, I, and I have my, when, you know, once they get I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad Dane's come around a little bit on Dante Pettis, though. Yeah, I, I, I like I, his hair. Did you see his hair <laughs> today? I, yeah, hair. he's got some purple oh, streaks. Does he? Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, I could use some of that. The, the husky purple. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, But, no, Anthony Miller and Cortland Sutton, they're my number four, number five receivers in my ranking. So uh, both are number they're second-round grades. We'll see if something anything changes tomorrow. Draft nugget. Who was Trey Quinn's only visit, uh, lined-up visit? The least SMU? surprising thing I've ever heard, uh, the Patriots. His only, <laughs> his only official interview. Trey Quinn, SMU he's wide gonna receiver. going to go catch former, 118 former LSU. balls. Former LSU guy. The fact uh, that we couldn't get that guy the ball. I mean, my God. <laughs> he's, uh, to me, he's a Jarvis Landry clone. So I think he's a good player. How about St. Brown? Did he help himself with a little bit with 20 reps, too? Did you kind of expect that from well, him? I, I was eager to see because, you know, his dad being former Mr. Olympia, Olympia, yeah, yeah. bodybuilder, uh, you know, you, they started him off with the weights at a young age. Right. And, but he doesn't really have that build of a, of a bodybuilder or anything. Right. So eager to see what he did, and he didn't disappoint. Yeah, he's uh, actually he's uh, 6046. But 210 pounds, or excuse me, 214. Which is good. It's about 10 pounds more yeah. than we expected. Right. Because so he, right. he's leaner. He thought maybe 205, but he, 215. And I think that number will only go north. And let's just run, let's run this down real quick in detail. Uh, Calvin Ridley meeting with the Cowboys. Tonight. Yeah. DJ Moore meeting with the Cowboys. Right. Christian Kirk had an informal chat with the Cowboys. DJ Chark had a chat with Sanjay Lau. Um, who am I forgetting? Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn are both local Dallas guys, so you would imagine that they'll potentially have, Dallas Day guys. They will yeah. very likely have their chance with the Cowboys staff at some point. All um, right, David. Let me. I don't know about Pettis. Oh, Equinemia St. Brown had a meeting with the Cowboys as well. Let me let me let me focus a little bit on on your side now, David. The Dallas Cowboy hat that you wear. Do you reading into something maybe with what's going on with Des Bryant now that they're having meetings with these guys, or are they not satisfied with the current receivers I, they have? I, it's it's like I said on Twitter earlier today. I, you can't read too much into it because first you get sixty formal interviews, right? And you can talk to as many people informally as you want. Um, so, scouting departments are supposed to do their due diligence. That's what you do. You talk to these guys, you get to know them, you kind of try to draw a tighter circle around who you want to invite on your thirty visits. So. I can't sit here and say, like, well, this definitely means they're going to do something with their receivers, but clearly it's something they're interested in. Clearly they're trying to do as much homework as you can. And I can't help but think back to two years ago, they interviewed every single quarterback at the Combine. Sure they did. They talked to all of them. Sure did. Um, and so clearly that meant something. Right. They're, they're hunting one. And I, I, I think you're absolutely nuts if you don't think that they're taking a hard look at these guys for a good reason. I All mean, right. if, if they don't draft a wide receiver in this draft, I'll be very surprised. All right. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to preview uh, what we're going to see tomorrow. We've got the, again, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and maybe talk a little bit of tight ends. So stay tuned. you got the draft show from the Combine in Indianapolis. We'll be right back. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest 
against you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back here at the uh, 2018 NFL Combine. Uh, we got a few minutes left, and uh, just want to talk a little bit about what uh, could uh, we see tomorrow. But uh, you had something in your mind, didn't you? I did. And, you know, we talked about the tight ends. They yeah. uh, came through here today. Uh, one of your favorite players in this draft. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Uh, my number two tight end behind only Dallas Goddard, who unfortunately Dallas Goddard won't be working out. Still sure. dealing with that hamstring. Getting back to Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, you're a longtime scout. You've been doing this a long time. I have been. Hayden Hurst is an interesting case because, you know, we, we – You said older guy, right? He's an older guy because minor league baseball. Correct. He gave up minor league baseball after a few years, not because he just you know, wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. He had to. He was forced to. Right. Because he developed the yips. Okay. This yep. is a player who couldn't throw anymore. He has not thrown a baseball since because he, he can't do it. Steve Steve uh, Steve Sachs disease, I believe, is right. what. Yeah. And there's baseball. We see it. You know, every yeah. few years there seems to be someone. Mm-hmm. Hayden Hurst is one of those. Now, how do you incorporate that into your evaluation of him as a football player? Now, we're, he this is a guy that met with a sports wow. therapist over it's a and mental over. Thing, and over. Right? Exactly. Now, he, dealt, he worked with sports therapists. He worked with, you know, tried to figure it out, and they couldn't figure it out. What sport am I drafting for? Football. Football. But yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's no, I'm just making sure. I'm, how does that work into your evaluation of you him on the football ignore field? ignore it? Do you ignore it, or do no, you? No, I, I think that, I don't think, it, I don't think it's a physical handicap. No. No, but it's more mentally, mental. It's mental. And I, and I, but what I do, I think because... I didn't know that until you just said that 30 seconds ago. But, again, I go back to that tape. And that's the handicap that we have that we do the best we can to figure out these mental questions and, oh, this guy, you know, this, that, and the other. But I I don't let that bother me because I'm thinking, man, the tape is just, you know, the way the athletic ability, the way he catches the football, the blocking that he does. You know, he makes plays down the field. I guess maybe you're thinking, is there something else that's going to trigger another thing where he starts dropping the ball? Well, and, that's and, and the then thing. mentally, does he have a? Does that going to affect? It? Are negative plays going to affect the way he mentally sees things or yeah. does things? Right. That if if some doctor, some guy with dr period or lady can tell me that with uh, with certainty that hey, you're going to potentially have some other problems with him mentally. That would affect me. Yeah, well, that, that would sure. absolutely affect me. Because whole... I'm going to have to use a pretty high pick. If if all things being equal, I'm going to have to use a pretty high pick to get this mm-hmm. guy. That... And I don't want to go down that road and not be prepared. That hypothetical just, I mean, you know, you can watch the tape and come to a lot of different conclusions, be as experienced or amateur as you want, but it's so important that these teams have access to these guys, you know, to get to know them, to meet them, to see what their makeup is do medical checks, all that. Like, there's so much more that goes into it than pulling up, you know, tape or highlights or whatever right. that, you know. Yeah. It could drastically, you know, uh, drastically change your opinion of a guy for reasons that have nothing to do with how well he plays I, football. I, I he had one drop in three years at South Carolina. See, that's – so. And it, but I'm sure he probably didn't have – he was a pitcher when he got drafted by the Pirates. And yeah. I'm sure he didn't have any problems throwing the, the baseball. No, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. I would worry if you told me there is a concern that he had to give up something he was very good at because all of a sudden mentally he couldn't handle it. But, I, again, I'm looking – I, I just have a feeling, Dane, that I hear that that you know as a as a potential red flag. I just have a feeling there's going to be some other bombshells at this thing. Oh yeah, uh, oh the yeah. Medical, there will, there will. The yeah. medical, they're always. I, I'm, I'm just so worried about major players. Yeah. You know, major. I mean, when these medicals hit and these doctors, they do a tremendous job. Doctors and trainers. There's some bombshell that's going to drop from and it, here. It's so depressing and, when and it happens. And it, it's so, it is going to be. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's oh. so depressing because usually it's a player that you covet, yeah. that you like. And, again, folks, I'm just kind of just saying from my experience, I know Dane's experience and Dave's 
knew the old combine scene, but we something is going to happen here. I just I'm just I'm, I'm preparing myself. It's, for pro- it. it's probably not going to happen here. It's going to come out in like two weeks. You know, right, like it's right, going right. to be. A, yeah. Dane's going to come into our office on March seventeenth, and mm-hmm. or no, that's a Saturday, but nineteenth, and yeah. be like, how the heck you know that's a Saturday? St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Uh, and he's going to be like, oh, did you hear about yeah. freaking you know whoever he's got yeah. a he's got a bum metatarsal in yeah. his foot, yeah. and we're just like, damn it. Yeah, that's how that goes. Back condition. That's how know, that goes. Back condition, knee condition, heart condition, something, you know, something crazy that, that – To kinda, a first-round player that yeah. you, you all of a sudden – Didn't that to, scare you, though? I, I mean, you yeah. do all this work, and, and, and that's what I – I guess that's my – as we kind of wrap things up here, that that, that scares me that because these doctors are now – they're full-blown on this medical stuff, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm just ready for that. Okay, you just wrecked my dream on that guy. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't scare me like you – that's your. You take things personally. I do. You like. You take it as like. I want those like guys. I was the, cheering for Brown room. to run faster. One night today. Yeah. Oh. When he was. We started up like run, run, run. We need to do a. We need to do a thing where like fans yeah. can bid on just. It's not even like you don't get to go in the stadium. You just get to watch the drills with Brian on TV because it's. <laughs> It's amazing. You're just like, come on, big guy, come on, get, come, pick those feet up. <laughs> Which, and I, yeah, I cheer for him. It's like it's, if they're gonna work out. I cheer for him. But you, know? you, but you take, you know, when you find out one of these guys is hurt, it's like somebody, you know, yeah. slapped your kid or yeah. something like it, that. It, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, How dare exactly. you? Well, we've got a couple minutes. Like I said, tomorrow we've we've kind of talked about these wide receivers. We did a little stand up, Dane and. And I and Rob Phillips did a little got a little preview. Kent Garrison put that together. I'm sure that's up on the site that you can kind of check that out. But uh, one or two guys, maybe 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 a down the line guy, maybe somebody we're not all thinking about. That hey, I'd like to see this guy do something. I know I said Lamar Jackson. I like to see him throw the football. But is there somebody else that you're kind of looking at names wise that uh, maybe? Hey, I'd like to see this guy have a good day tomorrow. I want to see DJ Moore run. I know he's not a down the line guy. Yeah, I know. But he's down he told me today he's going to run under a four or five. Uh, that that's his goal, and yeah. so if he's able to run in the four fours, he only cements his status as my number two receiver. Uh, you know, down the line, guys. Uh, let's see, Kiki Kuti, a guy from Texas Tech. There you too. go. We there haven't talked go. about nice a whole name. bunch there of people go. in Lubbock just cheered. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. Go. Get your guns up there. He's an undersized slot receiver who, if he runs well here, all of a sudden more people will be talking about him. I, I want to see him do it because I think he has that capability. He's a good athlete. Dave. This is even more obvious than that, but it's just going to be fun to see these quarterbacks throw. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, I'm with you on that. And that's I'm I'm I know I I'll bet you any amount of money you want that the Cowboys aren't going to draft a quarterback in the first two rounds of this draft. Right. But these quarterbacks are going to determine so much about that first round, uh, and it could be the difference between whether you get a guy you're really excited about at 19 or not. And plus, they're just they're all. They're all fascinating in their own way. Like this is the most interesting quarterback class that we've covered in the six years I've been sure. doing this. I mean, like Goff and Wentz and Lynch were were pretty good, and that was fun because the Cowboys might have been in the market for one of them. Um, but but this is going to be something special because this is at least four, if not five, first round quarterbacks that I believe are all going to throw, or at least most of them are. Well, Everyone but Darnold. Everybody yeah, but Darnold's okay. going to yeah. throw. And Lamar Jackson's only throwing. He's not doing the forty. Good, right. or good for him. Anything. I mean. Yeah. It, it, we don't need to see him work out. It just would have been fun to see him blaze a four three or whatever it was going to be. So uh, <laughs> we all make, make the trip to Louisville. But, and with these wide receivers, real quick, you know, we talked about the log jam and breaking them up. Oh, yeah. You know, will tomorrow help us with the pecking order and oh, help yeah. us divide some of these guys? You know, the difference between uh, a Deion Kane and a Simi Cobbs, or uh, the difference between a Marcel Aitman and a Traquan Smith. There you uh, go. Hopefully, the combine tomorrow and what they do on the field will help us separate those guys. Real, real quick, okay. I know we're running out of time, but oh, like fine. we sat there just at the top of the show and talked about, you know, none of the O-line workouts really drastically changed our opinion. I feel like that's not going to be true tomorrow. Cuz like with this log jam, I mean, what if what if what if Cortland Sutton runs out there and runs a 449, yeah. you know, like yeah. faster than anybody really thought or or you know, I, somebody I, I, runs I'd say he's going first round. There you go. Yeah. Or what if, you know, what if our guy I, DJ Moore runs a 459? I'm going to drive you know? guys yeah. crazy. I had the same feeling about these tight ends. Sure. I had the same feeling about Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that uh we're not going to see our our South Dakota State guy nope. run 
but what about some of the? What about, about Gesicki? Yeah. What about go. what about those guys? I want to see how how are you going to break these guys down? Hey, well, Ian Thomas. I mean, some guys have. I expect really him liked, to perform uh, well. Uh, you know, Ian Thomas from Will Indiana. Disley? Will Disley didn't do as well on the bench. You, you today. want to talk about how your guy Disley threw up fifteen on the yeah, bench today? Yeah, he did fifteen, and that's not good for him. But no. I'll tell you what, you watch the tape, he blocks. But <laughs> let's let's see let's see the separation though. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The, let's see if there is some separation. Who's going to step up? Who is going to step up from this tight end class? And maybe the Dallas Cowboys don't take one, but I'm interested to see what really what Mark Andrews runs. I really, really am. I, I've kind of thought, you know, at two at six five, two fifty six, I kind of had him as a four seven nine guy. Maybe he does a little bit better than that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would. I, I think really it's, would. it's got. I mean, everybody's so tightly packed together that. Good days and bad days are going to mean a lot, I feel like, when nobody can really come to a consensus about what this all looks like. Just like like in the real world and the interview process, you know, good days and bad days. As always, boys, that's the fastest hour we do. Always. I tell you what, we can keep going and going, but we will. And we'll do it tomorrow. We will. we got a draft coming up, but we'll talk about 18 hours straight. Let's do it. And we'll have a lot of fun doing that. Okay, well, that uh, that does it for the draft show. Tomorrow, uh, same time, we'll be on uh, 4.30 uh, Central Time, maybe we'll see how things all shake out. But uh, yeah, uh, this will be our last draft show tomorrow. Yeah. Will be again. Appreciate everybody on Periscope. Appreciate everybody that kind of catches us however they do on all the various platforms. Uh, again, I thank Dane Brugler, David Helman, Kent Garrison for always doing the great things they do. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Make sure you're checking out uh, DallasCowboys.com for all the content. Make sure you're also looking at the draft show. Follow along with that. We'll get you the time out and let you know when we're going to do this again. So. Hope everybody has a good evening, and we'll see you later on.